Technology, politics, and the economy are changing fast. No time to keep up with all the policies affecting your everyday life and figuring out fact from fiction? Not even sure where God could fit in all of this? Don't worry, I've got your back. I'm here to dig a little deeper into the issues of the day. And most importantly, to show you the spiritual principles and solutions we can use to rise above it all victoriously for your family's success. Stay tuned as we discover God's plan for our life on earth as it is in heaven. South Africa has brought Israel before the International Court of Justice last week at the UN. They're accusing Israel of genocide. So they'll have to defend their actions at the UN. This is, of course, in relation to the Israel-Hamas war from October 7th and ensuing days. Have you ever wondered why everyone is calling it the Israel-Hamas war? instead of, say, the Israel-Palestine conflict, or the Israel-Gaza war. Or if you want to include Hamas name, why not the Likud-Hamas war? Since those are the two parties in the two uh, respective governments involved in this conflict. It's because words matter. So we have to be very careful how we use our words and in listening to people what words they're using, particularly in the media in the past few years, I've noticed. They have been using words in very particular ways. So let's take a look at exactly how much words can matter. Of course, at this point, I have to add that it is a great tragedy whenever human lives are lost. And it could have been avoided. So when thousands of lives are lost, it is a tragedy and it's a terrible thing that everyone should try to bring to an end as quickly as possible. They realize that numbers matter too. But I know that throughout history in that part of the world, it's been that you kill one of mine, I go kill a hundred of yours. You kill a hundred of mine, I go kill 10,000 of yours. And that really needs to stop, but hasn't stopped for thousands of years. Which is why the Old Testament brought in an eye for an eye. Just one for one. Not revenge of a hundredfold. And the numbers are mounting here, I realize. But Israel has only bad options left. There's only bad and worse options. If they just sat back and did nothing when a state takes a hundred of their citizens or two hundred, or if they strike back to tell them not to do that again, then there's going to be lots of civilian casualties as well especially since they're not in an open f battleground field or military barracks. They've just gone back home to their, their families and having uh, their, their weapons and their 
personnel all side by side, the hospitals and residential homes and everything. So it makes it even more difficult than any other regular street warfare in towns that's always very hazardous both to the, the military who try to preserve their personnel as much as possible and to any civilians who are around. But when trying to determine who is responsible, that can be a tough matter for a judge to determine. Take these two scenarios, for instance. Scenario number one. The government of a country sends their military wing into a neighboring country and kills some of the the citizens of that country, they take civilians, 200 prisoners of war, retreat back into their own country, and then the country who was invaded send their military in to position themselves to get their prisoners back. Scenario number two. A terrorist group goes into a country and takes 200 hostages and flees into a neighboring country. The military then pursues them and takes revenge on them, killing much more people in that country that the hostages and terrorists are in. Now, to me, those two scenarios describe what has happened on October 7th and ensuing months. To me, it's a distinction without a difference. But, of course, in any court of law, the words matter and these distinctions will be taken into account. For instance, the UN considers Hamas a terrorist group. So that's the context it would be taken in. I don't see a judge in scenario one having any choice other than to say that the second country is completely within their right to defend themselves against a neighboring invading force. On the other hand, the second scenario, the judge would most likely have to rule that this was completely unacceptable overkill. And I feel for the Palestinian people who can't get rid of their terrible government. What I'd like to see happen is the average Palestinian citizen cooperate with the IDF and help them to specifically target which places have uh, military installations and weapons and uh, the terrorist instigators. Of course, they would be putting their neck on the line, and I'm not saying I would want to do it, but they're in a position where they have no good options left. Only bad ones and worse ones. It reminds me somewhat of Germany before the Second World War. You could say that it was the, the brown shirts group of Nazis that uh, worked for Hitler and 
caused all the trouble and invasions of the countries around them. But nobody says in history that it was the brown shirts who invaded those countries. No, it was Germany. And their governor, government that represented them got them into all that trouble. And the average German went along with it and started to do little things that were against their conscience and things got worse and worse until they had no good options left either. And these average people ended up doing tremendous atrocities against mankind. It would have been nice if the Abraham Accords had been ratified, but there are some uh, factions who don't want that to happen, Iran in particular, and it seems to be no secret that Iran is backing this whole incursion and supporting Hamas and Hezbollah. Their government could do with uh, support, uh, the boost that it would give them in their own country if there was this distraction and this going on in Israel. Plus, they would not like to see the Abraham Accords signed. Because of this, Israel is in a tough position. There are no good options at this point, only bad ones and worse ones. So they had to pick one course of action. And, of course, there's terrible consequences to that action. I feel for the Palestinian people not being able to get rid of their government. Here's an idea. If they are so intent on getting rid of them, they could inform on them to the IDF and help them to get rid of Hamas for them. Point out where they are to have more targeted hits and find out where the hostages were uh, for the IDF to be able to rescue them more easily. I know that would be taking their life in their hands. It would be like ratting out the biker gang or mafia or something. But they don't have any good choices left either. And their lives are in danger either way. I don't pretend to have the answers, the solutions to the problems in the Middle East. They've been going on for thousands of years. But we can pray for all the parties involved. The ones we think are the good guys, the ones we think are the bad guys. That all can be touched by the love and peace and joy that God offers through Jesus. Because God loves us all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's keep that in mind as we hear news stories like this and pay attention to how people are using words to influence us and be influenced by the Lord instead. If you are presenting your body as a living sacrifice and allowing Holy Spirit to transform your mind, congratulations. You are integrating your spirit, mind, and body, strengthening yourself to overcome evil with good. Please leave a rating for the show and hit subscribe to be notified of new fascinating topics I'll be discussing next on Earth as it is in Heaven.
Until next time, may God bless you and make you a blessing to those around you.